You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. for the ministers of the gospel. Is that right? Okay, so I've been talking about honor for these um, five Sundays. Today is the last Sunday. Honor for ministers of the gospel. And I said that believers are taught to honor men, more importantly, those in authority. I said that the word is so loud on how we ought to see, receive, and treat ministers of the gospel. The fact is clear that God uses men and his blessings are ministered by men. I read John chapter 5, verse 23. To cap that viewpoint. I said that the preaching of the gospel and salvation has been given to men. It is us who go out to preach. Is that right? Oh, is that right? And when we preach the gospel, what happens? People are saved. Why doesn't God come down? He has given that authority to praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. All right. The power of God is also administered by men. He says when we go, signs and wonders will follow us. And because of the job he has given us, he has empowered us. Praise the Lord. So God doesn't just heal from there. God doesn't deliver from there. God has given us the power, and we administer God's power. Praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. All right. Our spiritual growth has also been committed into the hands of men. Amen. And he gave himself, and he gave, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. For the equipping of the saints and for the work of ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. That we all will come to the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. By the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love. May grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Praise the Lord. So God did not leave your spiritual growth to just himself. He himself gave us pastors, apostles, pastors and teachers, apostles, prophets, and evangelists. The fourfold ministry. I said it is not a fivefold ministry. It is a fourfold ministry. Please note this clearly. Pastors and teachers, not just pastors. Pastors and, because every pastor is a teacher. Praise the Lord. All right. So he has left this to be handled by men. Insight into the word of God has also been committed to men. And we gave an example of our Apollos. Very eloquent guy. 
and mighty in the scriptures. And he came to Ephesus and saw this man speaking powerfully, instructed in the way of the Lord. And he taught accurately the things of God through, though he knew only John's baptism. But the moment they realized that he didn't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they took him aside, explained to him the way of God more. And Bible said that when he believed, they baptized him and he became even more powerful. Praise the Lord. So you can't have insight to the word just by yourself. Somebody would have to teach you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yes, the Holy Ghost will illumine you. Somebody would explain them to you. Praise the Lord. And that's why he has given you a pastor. Did you hear that? All right. So when you come to church, your pastor doesn't entertain you. Your pastor gives you insight into the word of God. Your pastor speaks a word over your life. What your pastor has for you is a word in his mouth. Do you hear what I said? I said, what your pastor has for you is what? A word in his mouth. However, in the work of the ministry, we all do not have the same functions and offices. And that is, we are not all the same. So we are not all the same. Praise the Lord. We are not all the same. Generically, we are all God's children. Generically, we are all the citizens of Ghana. But we are not all there. Somebody is the president. And we give him the honor as the president of. Somebody is their boss. At your workplace. And you give him that. But are we all Ghanaians? Yes. In your family. All of you are family members. Is that right? But you have your father and you have your mother. And you are supposed to give them. Oh, praise the Lord. So, all of us, yes, are children of God, but we can't all be the same. God has put some in authority, and they need to be honored. Praise the Lord. I gave scriptures to that, so you need to get the CD or whatever. Now, I am asking them to start getting the CDs. So that you can have them. Some of you, you still want to go back. So, go and get them. You don't. There are some whom the Lord has placed over us to teach, train, and ensure we grow spiritually. Praise the Lord. And I said, a costly mistake, that's what we got to. Or error is to see them... From the human point of view. The costly mistake or error is to see them from the human point of view. So you see, when God anoints a man, the man doesn't become only spiritual. They are still human beings. Who have been anointed by God? Hello? Do you hear what I said? They, they don't change and all of a sudden, they don't have a human body anymore. So all of a sudden, they don't breathe. All of a sudden, they don't do things that human beings normally, naturally, biologically, do. 
No. No. They also do. The only difference is that God has found them worthy to choose them for such positions. Oh, praise the Lord. And the next thing I'll be talking about is that it's because God has graced them. Somebody say grace. So, the person has become God's vessel. But they are still human. You see, it, it is the same way your neighbor sometimes look, looks at you. You say you are born again. But he sees you do things that human beings still do. And so they wonder, ah, why are you? Are you here? So, look at the scripture. But the Lord said to him, go. For he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name. Before what? Before what? Kings and the... So, all of a sudden, Apostle Paul, who was called Saul, has become a chosen vessel of who? God. So, pastors, apostles, have become God's chosen what? God's chosen what? Please, let it flow. Look at what Matthew 10, 14 says. Whoever does not welcome you nor listen to your message, as you leave that house or city, shake the dust off it, off your feet, in contempt, breaking all tiles. Ties, sorry. Second Corinthians says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Second Timothy 2 20, 21 says, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor, some for this. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Hallelujah. So we are vessels. And these vessels need to be wonderful, clean, so that the master can use them to serve kings, princes. Oh, are you here with me? So, the moment God picks a person, they become his vessel. So, when you dishonor them, you dishonor God's vessel. Hello. Why did he say that when you go and you preach the message and they don't get, and they don't take your message, they don't receive your message, shake off the dust of your, and break all ties with them. Why? The thing is that you have become God's vessel. And so when they dishonor the message God has given you for them, they have dishonored God. Are you here? Okay. The grace of God giving them for the work and purpose is now at work in them. Oh, praise the Lord. So when you see a pastor, what they are using, what is at work in them is the grace of God. 
If you take away that grace, they are human beings just like you. When you take away that grace, they are what? Human beings just like So your respect and your honor for them is because of the grace of God upon their lives. Oh, hello. Okay. Look at this. Romans chapter 1 verse 5. Let's all read it. Go. Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the among all nations for whose name? Alright. So through who did he become? Through who? Through Christ Jesus. He has become an apostle. And that grace has been given to him for all nations. Oh, praise the Lord. Romans chapter 1 verse 5. Through him we have received grace. Next. Romans 12 3. Go. For I say, through that what? So what is giving him? What is giving him? What is giving your pastor? To what? Everyone who is not to think of himself more than he ought to, but to do what? Think soberly. As God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So our measures of faith are different. Depending on the grace that is given. Hello. I love scripture. Romans 15, 15. Let's all go. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written more boldly to you on some points. As reminding you because of the grace given to me. So you can see that Paul was very careful not to any at any point accord things to himself. He always refers to the grace of God giving him why he is doing what he is. Okay. You remember this? Um, um, <laughs> uh, Dr. Wusu, when he was doing the church workers training with us, said that um, there's one of these young men who left him and said God has said he should go. Yeah. And up to now, the guy has not been able to gather 12 people for several years. And the guy has been struggling. The guy had to come back and say he's sorry and all of that. And, and the point is that because you can't call yourself you can deceive everybody and say, God said so. But if God didn't say so, <laughs> because this thing is not by anybody's might. It's only by grace. Are you here? It's only by what? Grace. So you must be able to acknowledge that you have received that word, grace. That is what makes you pay that's why we started with grace performance <laughs> if you have not been given grace you cannot perform for God hey are you here at all 
If you have not been given grace, you cannot perform for the Lord. It's not possible. It's not possible. The believer became a believer by grace. Everything that is done in the kingdom must be done by grace. Everything that you see in the kingdom must be an offshoot of the grace of God. Everything that you see in the kingdom must be a produce or a product of the grace of God. <laughs> you must be clear on that. If you say you are doing your business, do your business. You can succeed to a point. But if you want it to count in the kingdom, let it be by grace. Then it can bring you a reward. Are you getting the point? Are you understanding the point? If I'll, I'll get to it. Let's go to the next. Let's all read. First Corinthians 12, verses go. There are diversities of gifts. But what? The same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Oh, praise God. So you must know the grace you have received. And that will determine the difference of ministry. The diversities of activities. You don't just do things because you want to do them. It doesn't honor God. You do them because you have received grace for them. And that is what gives honor to God. Oh, hello. So we, I spoke to you about the man. What happened to the man? He heard from God that he should go to the cemetery. And his ministry is for tomb guards. I have not been given that ministry. So I can't just wake up and go to tomb guards. Because I was amazed how everybody was submitting to him. And they have loved him. Because he has been given grace. It's part of the diversities of activities. Like the rhyming. Next. First Corinthians 12, 18, 18. Let's already go. But now, God has set the members, each one of them, in the body. Did you hear that? So who did that? And he did that just as he was. So God didn't put me in this position. Hey, I didn't put myself in this position. God put me here. I'm just responding to the grace of God. Oh, praise the Lord. I'm just responding. And it's a joy when you respond to the grace of God. I'm telling you, you find peace. Oh, praise God. 1 Corinthians, 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 27, 28. Let's all read together. Go. Now you are the body of Christ. And members individually. Check the next. Go. And God has what? 
appointed what? These in the... So you know that you know that the president appoints ministers. So, for everyone that is going to be called there, God appointed them. God himself appointed them. So, the power and the authority vested in the presidency goes with the minister of trade. Because the president appointed him. And we accord him that honor and that respect. Because when he speaks, the president has spoken. Hey, hello. When he comes and he tells you the president has spoken. And you say it is a lie. That the president has not spoken. Did you appoint him? It is the president who will deal with him. If it is a lie. So leave that to the president. And you obey orders. <laughs> oh, are you here? Watch this. And God has appointed these in the church. First, Apostle second, third, after that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Praise the Lord. Okay. Hence, these men should be treated with what? Respect and regard. First, Paul was very clear in his apostolic instructions to obey, honor, submit to, and esteem them very highly for their work, for their work, for their work, because they have been appointed. Praise the Lord. Are you getting the point? It has nothing to do with the tribe they are coming from. It has nothing at all to do with their persona. It has all to do with the appointment they have been given. And because of the appointment they have been given, you give them that honor and that regard. Praise the Lord. Okay. First Thessalonians 5, 12 says, And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord. And admonish you. Praise the Lord. So for those that the Lord has put over you. Who labor among you. And they are the ones who admonish you. He says recognize them. Now do you mean that? Recognize me. Recognition. Oh when you see them you know it's them. That's not. (laughs) Recognize them. them. Give them a place of honor. Oh, praise the Lord. Yes. Give them a place of what? Honor. Recognize them. Recognize them. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. Let's all read it. Go. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. That is, accept their guidance and discipline. Ask, ask what? Ask what? 
ask what? Whose representatives? For this is right. What is right? For obedience teaches wisdom and what? Self-discipline. Oh, praise the Lord. So you obey your parents in the... For this is right. Because they are God's representatives. Hello. And then he talks about honor your father and what? And your mother. And be respectful to them. Praise the Lord. Alright, so your parents in the Lord. And he's talking here about your parents at home. Hey. If you are here, you don't talk to your father. I pity you. I'm yet to hear those who don't talk to their mothers. <laughs> I don't think I've heard some since I started ministry. Anybody to tell me they don't talk to their mom. Every time it just, <laughs> it just came right now. <laughs> it's amazing. It just came. Is there somebody here? You, you, or maybe it's the ladies, eh? Ladies, you don't talk to your mom. Your mom hurts you so bad. It, it does. Then it's very rare. Very, 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 very rare. One to hundred. But for the fathers, even yesterday I had some. He says, for this is the first commandment with the promise. So that it may be well with you. And that you may have a long life on the earth. Hey. Hey. That's the reward that comes with honoring your parents. You can never be too big, too great than your parents. I remember one of my cousins, he stayed, my dad actually was the one who nurtured him and he grew up together with us in the family. And when he was about to go to school, he went back to his siblings and they were trying to mock their dad because their dad had not been to school. And their dad looked at them and he said, me and you, who have sense? <laughs> and they were laughing. They didn't understand him. They said, I didn't go to school. But I had the sense to take you to school. <laughs> so me and you. <laughs> you can never be greater than your parents. Whatever greatness you see, it is because they nurtured you and cultivated you into it. Whether good or bad. And, you know, some of us, we want to just be obedient in comfort. You see, when it is comfortable, that's when we obey, is that, is so most of, most of us, yes, we want to be obedient in our comfortable 
zone. When it is very comfortable, yes, we obey. But the moment we feel uncomfortable, but listen to me, obedience never comes like that. Obedience will always come with a sort of a sacrifice. Oh, praise the Lord. Did you hear what I said? Yes. Obedience will always come with a sort of a sacrifice. So anytime you are told to do something, don't look at your comfort zone. No. Look at the reward of obedience. Oh. That is what Jesus did. Bible said he looked at the joy of the cross. Oh, praise the Lord. That's what great people do. Don't look at your comfort zone. They say, oh, come to church on time. You look at how good the sleep is. They said, Pastor called me at the wrong time. When the sleep has become sweet, you know what I mean. Let your passion go for the reward of obedience. Oh, praise the Lord. Than the good sleep you are having now. I'm speaking to somebody. pray. You are having a good chat with your lover. And it looks like, oh, Charlie, it's a great time. It's your comfort zone. But look at the reward of obedience. That in your prayer with your God, you can have wisdom and revelation to deal with that relationship. Look at the reward of obedience. It's always greater than your comfort zone. Always. Always. I mean always. Always. So you see, when you hear people preaching sin, preaching sin, I laugh. Because, you see, when you look at the reward of obedience, you will shun sin. And that's what we should be preaching. It comes with a great reward. Always. And I mean always. All right. Let me go to the next. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 7. Let's already go. Remember your leaders. For it was they who brought you the word of God. And consider the result of their conduct. The outcome of their godly lives. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, the one who brought you the word of God. 
And they themselves, by the word of God, where God has taken them, to tell you that this thing works. That when a man lays his life on the word of God, it doesn't fail. Brother, sister, it doesn't fail. It works. It works. It works. It works. It works. And imitate their faith. What is their faith? Their conviction that God exists and is the creator and ruler of all things. The provider of eternal salvation through Christ. And imitate their reliance on God with absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom. Oh, praise the Lord. Listen, anytime the Bible is talking about imitation, he doesn't talk about personal conduct. He talks about the generic of understanding of God's power provision, God's wisdom, and God's goodness, and our absolute trust in him to deal with our personal stuff. Because God doesn't want you to be like the next person. He deals with everybody regarding their own stuff. So anytime you see imitation, he talks about the generic where we can have absolute trust in the Lord. And so if you see us trusting God, trust God too. In your personal weakness, trust God too. In your personal lack, trust God too. Whatever be your problem, trust God too. Oh, praise the Lord. Hebrews, it says, Jesus Christ is eternally changeless. He's always there. Yesterday. Today. Oh, hallelujah. Next, 18. I love this. I love this. Read, read for us. Go. Please say it louder. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Okay, ask the next person. When last did you pray for your pastor? Please wait for the answer. Uh-huh. I really am interested in the answers. Seriously. I covet your prayer. One of the ways to honor your pastor is to pray for him. When you pray for somebody, you can't talk ill about them. When you pray for somebody, you can't disrespect them. If you pray for your pastor, it will make you continue to honor him. Because your pastor is dealing with stuffs about you, about your family, about things that concern you. 
So they are huge, a huge task on the head of your pastor. He needs your prayer. So today I'm making it very official. KCI, pray for me. Anytime you say a prayer, say one for me. Say one for me. Say one for me. Praise the Lord. He says, seeking to conduct ourselves honorably. That is with moral courage and personal integrity in all things. It's not easy. We are human beings just like you. We face all the trials you face and even more. So we covet your prayer. We need your help in prayer. See how easy it is to castigate your pastor. Just this year, I've had two pastors commit suicide. Just this year. Mega churches in America. Huge churches. Somebody said, (laughs) there are a lot of righteous men, righteous pastors, in quotes. But most of the anointed are no more. Because it is the anointed that are tempted. And when they are tempted, we put them down. The devil doesn't care. He doesn't care. Because we help him a lot. Yes, we help him a lot. Sometimes when you hear, the same people who listen to you, sit down listen to you, and the things they say about a pastor, you ask them, hey, so what are they doing in church? Tell the next person, pray for your pastor. Next. All right. First Timothy 5, 17. Let's all read it. Go. Let the elders that rule be, be counted what? Worthy of what? Of double honor. Of double honor. Of double honor. Especially those who labor in the word. Oh, praise God. Double. What is he talking about? What is he talking about? Look at the NLT version. Go. Elders who do their work well should be respected and do what? And paid well. Especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. So one of the ways you honor your pastor is to make sure that he's paid well. It's so clear, is it right? Yeah, so clear. The pastor has children. Ah, 
The pastor has a wife. Is that not true? The pastor pays electricity bill. You want your pastor to be embarrassed. And you go and visit your pastor. And they have cut his light. Yeah. And then you go and gossip. Hey, Charlie. You know what I mean? <laughs> Look at what the living, living, living Bible says. If you don't have the living Bible, go and get the living Bible. Yes, go and get the living Bible. All right? Everybody, go and get the living Bible. It doesn't cost much. I would inspect it on Sunday. Listen to me. The word of God should be your treasure. And I've told you, spend money on the word. I'm, t- I'm telling you. I keep telling you. I keep, where we are going, you will be shocked. You will be shocked. You will be shocked. Because of you, many will be saved. You are sitting in the same trotter just because of the word in your spirit. You will speak and the trotter will stop. And they will be saved from accident just because of you. you. The word in your spirit is so powerful. It evades your environment. Look at what the Living Bible says. Go. Pastors who do their work well should be paid well and should be highly appreciated, especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. Do I work hard? At both teaching and preaching. So do you have to pay me well? Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So, so one of the ways to honor your pastor is to make sure they are paid well. Okay. Now, so these are the New Testament ways of honoring your pastor. Praise the Lord. You pray for them. You submit to them. You pay them well. It has nothing to do with manipulation. For money. I'm sure that is the reason why the church came to this point is because pastors were not taken very good care of. So they also decided, let's find a way. Yeah. So now they have found a way. But it doesn't make it right. Because now, look at where it has taken us. And look at where the body has been plunged into. So let's all do the right thing. Praise the Lord. Okay. Now, honoring his kingdom and his church. Honoring his kingdom and his church by giving. You're going to look at something and it will shock you. It will change your whole perspective. Praise the Lord. Look at this. Luke 19, 1 and 2. Let's all read together. Go. 
Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region. And he had become very rich. Okay? So Zacchaeus had become very rich. And his job as a tax collector in those days is just like some people we know in our day. You understand what I mean? I don't want any trouble. Okay. And so, <laughs> by dint of that, he has become very rich. Very rich. Look at what happened. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short. To see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road. For Jesus was going to pass that way. He was very strategic. Somebody say honor. He honors the grace. He was doing everything to make sure he just takes a glance. Oh, praise God. Look at what happened. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name Zacchaeus. He said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. I've told you that Anytime, listen, anytime you look at scripture, you will see that God is the first giver. Anytime. Anytime. He would never, ever make us do something first to receive something. He would always give first. And by his impulse, we show gratitude. And we show honor. But the people were displeased. They will always be there. Listen, they would always be there. You know them. Somebody is calling them, pull him down. In the church, they feel more righteous. Some people don't deserve Jesus' visit. Yes. 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 But he appoints as he pleases. He doesn't ask your permission. You see what went on? Did he ask for anybody's permission? No. They saw him as a bribe collector. So he was not clean. He had made riches out of that. Very bad. So he doesn't deserve Jesus. Jesus said, I'm coming to your house. Let them talk all they want. Check what, 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 what went on. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. They grumbled. It is their problem. They've got to deal with that. That's what our Jesus is best in doing. What men threw away. He picks them up and makes the best out of them. 
I keep telling people, you easily able to shun people because you don't know the pains it takes to create one. As a matter of fact, if you are a mother, you understand this. No matter how your daughter or your child is, you still love them that way. Because you gave birth to them. You went through, you went to push. You know the pain. It is God who pushed us out. He created us. He formed us. So he loves us the way we are. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor. Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. All of a sudden, financial value and its priority left Zacchaeus. Listen, when you really come to know the Lord, money is not worth what it is. Nobody who really knows the Lord. Really, really. Will not want to give. It's not a difficulty. Because money loses its value. Because your focus is on the eternal value of salvation. Oh, praise the Lord. Straight away. I'll give. All of a sudden. All of a sudden. Look at something. Jesus responded. Salvation has come to this home today. For this man has showed himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. Oh, hallelujah. Zacchaeus honored Jesus' invitation. And he showed that salvation is more precious than money. And Jesus Really, just, just by that act, Jesus knew that his heart was fixed. That this guy is correct. This guy is correct. Let me give you another thing. Acts chapter 4, verse 32, 33. When the Pentecost had come and the Holy Ghost was doing much in the church, Look at what happened to the church. Everybody read. Let's go. All the believers were of one heart and mind. And no one felt that what he owned was his own. Hey. 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 Did you hear that? No, did you hear that? This is what happens in church. I said this is what happens in church. Is that what is happening in church today? How can we be of one heart and one mind? When you see somebody not dressed well, 
Because you think you own much and they don't have, you laugh at them. If you think all of us are born into one family now, you'd have taken them out and you would shop for them. And you show them love. And as a matter of fact, when you finish, you don't go and tell the next person, see, 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 I bought. Let's read on. Go. Everyone was what? Everyone was sharing. And the apostles preached Powerful sermons. Where, what were the sermons? What the sermons? Mm-hmm. About what? The resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen. Anytime you come and you don't hear anything about eternal salvation, forget it. You didn't come to church. It must rub in in my message somewhere, somehow. Because on if that is lost, your value is lost. And there was warm fellowship among all the believers. Next. Let's go. Let's go. Read it carefully. Go. And what? And what? For who owned land or houses, sold them and brought them money to the apostles, to give to others in need. For instance, there was Joseph, the one of the apostles, nicknamed Barnabas, the encourager. He was of the tribe of Lewi, from the island of Cyprus. You're quiet. Why are you quiet? Do you know that most of the prayer we pray to ask God for stuff is just because we want to acquire? I've thought about ownership. I've thought about ownership. And I, 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 I mean, when I, some of those things, if you go to YouTube, they were deep. You see, but the point is that we are not asking for ownership to distribute. We are asking for ownership to hold on. Listen, when you become a believer and Christ Jesus is born in you, you see every human being in that equal status. As in the image of God. And you see, when you see them down, you hate it. You see, there's something, there's some anger in you that wells up. When you see the image of God being trodden down. They don't have anything to eat. They don't have anything to wear. The church is not doing well. You see, they become your burden. They become your burden. But you realize we have gotten to a point where every time, give me, give me, give me. 
and give me, give me, give me. It's not that, oh, give me so that I will have the privilege of giving out. It's now give me to have the privilege of showing off. Hey, am I speaking to us? May we become a different church. This is all my prayer I've been praying. I spent time praying about this more than any other thing. That we should become that church. Dignifying humanity. It is my cry. We should come to the point. When I have, you have. When you have, I have. Hello. Sure, this is not a message you like. Dr. Husu shared it the other day. He said there was a rich man. There, I mean, <clears throat> there's no once, twice. This rich man in his, in his church. And they had a big mansion. Big mansion. It was over $4 million. And all their children have left. He's left with just the man and the wife. He said they sold the house. Over $4 million. And they took 1.2 to buy a new one and they give the rest to the chair. He said there are, there are also people who had cars. They had four or five cars. They sold their cars. He was left with just one. He said, I'm fine with this. And they give the money to the chair. And for some of them, they said specifically, please give it to the poor. This, this is the epitome of true Christianity. Did you hear what I said? This is the epitome of true Christianity. Christianity is not a religion. It's not. It's a relationship. The only religion in Christianity is that we should give to the poor. When it comes to that, it's a tradition. It's a routine. So James even said it. The pure religion is to give to the poor and the needy. I'm preaching with passion because that's my heart desire. And the Lord will make it good. The Lord will make it good. Next. He was one of those who sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles for the distribution of those in need. Praise God. Next. Okay. So look at the direct opposite. The direct opposite. Everybody read it. Go. Then someone called from the crowd. Sir, please tell my brother 
to divide my father's estate with me. You see now? You see now? So look at Jesus. Look at how Jesus answered. Go. But Jesus replied, Man, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? So you see that it is not in his business. Jesus has showed us what is his business and what is not. Look at look at the next. Beware. Don't always be wishing for what you don't have. So he saw the thought behind the request. Greed. People who are wishing for what others have. That is what most of us bring to prayer. Oh, hello. Are you here with me today? Are you, are you truly here? Please, read the next goal. For real life and real living are not related to how rich we are. So you see how the world cheated you. You see how the world makes you feel inferior. You see when Forbes magazine releases the worth of billionaires and makes you feel you don't count. Because for them, a man's worth is how rich they are. And you and I have bought into that. But he says, in the kingdom, the real life of a man has no correlation with the money in his pocket. Or the money in his bank account. Or the houses they have. You see why believers hold on so much to money. Hold on so much to things they have. Because for them, it is their worth. How many, how many, how many of you know the Latter-day Saints Church? How many of you? Do you know that it is the richest? You know. Do you know why? Have you asked why? You, you, <laughs> they are one of the churches we lash and we talk so much ill about. They give their inheritance to the church. Yes. You think that the whites that come down with the bicycle white shirt. They are all sponsored. 
we have not understood these things. We've not understood them. For those who have also started, and we thought that the church is getting into that. Now the property becomes theirs, not the church. Not the church. So the moment they die, the church is poor. Or the church wants to go and open a branch. A sugar copy. The church doesn't have money, but the pastor is still one of the wealthiest. <laughs> Let's wake up. Look at what he says. Then he gave an illustration. Let's already go. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. Next. Go. In fact, yes. His bands were full to overflowing. What happened? He couldn't get anything in. He thought about his problem and finally exclaimed, I know I'll tear down my bands and build bigger ones than I have. Next, I like the next one. And I'll sit back and say to myself, Friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Wine, women. And song for you. Obajofu. <laughs> the gamma will say enjoy. <laughs> enjoy. Enjoy life. Enjoy. <laughs> I'm enjoying. For him, that is life. That is life. That is life. And for us, in church, for many of us, this becomes the routine. You know? You know? Get some money and then have an open top on a Sunday afternoon. Every mountains, silver blue, cruising. thinking about getting rich. This is what has filled their mind. This is what has filled their mind. This is why they want to be rich. This is why they want to make money. For them, this is life. Look at Jesus. But God said to him, Don't, I won't say it, say it. <laughs> All right, so he said, fool, tonight you die. Then who would, who would get it all? Please, let me ask you a simple question. When your dad, your mom, 
that your rich uncle was writing his will, did he add his own name? So it means that all his years when he was working, he was not working for himself. speaking to you. So all the years spent in labor, you are not working for yourself. You're not. You're not. Everything every man is doing, you are doing it for others. And it's even more pain when you don't know how they are going to use it. And you don't have the power to tell them how they must use it. Tell the next person, wake up. Nobody writes a will. And include his name. So, how did Jesus sum it up? Go. Yes. Every man is a fool who gets rich on earth. Hey, hello. Hello. Wow. How do you get rich in heaven? How do you get rich in heaven? How do you get rich in heaven? Look at how you get rich in heaven. Quickly. Go. Psalm 67 verse 2. Go. Send us around the world with the news of your saving power and your eternal plan. Hallelujah. That is how a person gets rich in heaven. When everything they have, they give it for the kingdom's sake to make sure souls are warm. That's what makes a man rich in heaven. That's what makes a man rich in heaven. Don't be like that man. Oh, praise the Lord. Don't be like that. Look at John, what John tells us. Let's all go. John chapter 4 verse 36. Go. The harvesters are paid good wages. And the fruit they harvest is people brought to. Hey. The harvesters are paid what? Good wages. What is the fruit? They harvest the fruit of what? People to what? To eat. Hello? So you see how you get rich in heaven? You see how you get rich in heaven? And, and, And look at what he says. He says, what joy awaits both the planter. Who is the planter? Jesus. And the harvester 
life. Joy is awaiting you. That's how a man gets rich in heaven. Joy is awaiting both the planter and the harvester. And he says the harvester is paid good wages. Good wages. Good wages. Let me give you another, another verse. Look at Matthew chapter 19 verse 29. Peter asked, this, a young man came and was told to go and sell his things. He said, he's, he's, he's actually, uh, he's a lawyer. He said, ah, as for the commandments, I've obeyed everything. And he was just told, just go and sell your things. And Bible said, he left sad. Because his, for him, his worth is what he has. Sad. Sad. And so, Jesus said, it will be difficult. Just like a pin. Thread. Entering the eye of a needle. So is it difficult for a rich man to enter. And Peter said, hey. Jesus, take your time. We have left everything. And followed you. It means that Peter, they, they were not poor. Are you here? Yes. But he left everything. He gave everything. So Jesus answered. This is how Jesus answered. Let's all read. Go. And anyone who gives up his home, brothers, sisters, father, mother, wife, children, or property to follow me shall receive a hundred times as much in return and shall have the Bible. I love the word of God. I love the word of God. So consistent. So true. So true. I pray that your life will never be the same. May you honor the Lord. May you honor his servant. And may you honor him with all you have. Knowing that nobody honors God and does not receive a hundredfold in return. Both now and eternally. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give a clap of praise to the Lord and bless the name of the Lord. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, Lead Pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth.